1: of the wrsu crew hope you're doing well we have a loaded show for you today i'm eddie kalegi brett hahn is here jack basaya as well gideon fox and dylan allen will be here in just a few moments they just, currently
2: stuck in mind-bending traffic on route 18 trying to rush back for the crew probably
1: yes that's what i would assume it would it, it, it's it's the worst time to be traveling right now but it was a good day for rutgers baseball that they got to call the Scarlet Knights picking up a 13-8 victory against Lafayette. They are now 3-0 at home this season, and they have improved to 12-8 on the year, and they've won eight of their last nine games, the day where Rutgers' offense really broke out, much like we saw last season as they tried to make an NCAA tournament bid. Five runs in the second, two in the third, three apiece in the fourth and the fifth, and they got just enough pitching on the mound. Six pitchers combining to hold Lafayette to eight runs, and the Scarlet Knights defend home field before a road series this weekend in Storrs, Connecticut against UConn. So, shout out to Rutgers baseball. Big win. Evan Slight had a good day. A little injury scare towards the end of the game, but went two for four. With an RBI and a double, three runs scored for Jordan Sweeney. Ryan Lasko was on base a couple of times and scored twice. And uh, Max Martin, the youngster, the second baseman, hitting a home run out of the nine slot. So a good day for some of the youngsters for the Scarlet Knights as well, as is uh, newcomer Trevor Cohen, who went two for three with a double and had a big diving catch late in the game. So that's it for Rutgers baseball. We have really a jam-packed show for you. We will talk some Rutgers basketball. The news coming this morning, Jalen Miller has entered the transfer portal. Expect probably the first of many offseason moves with comers and goers for the Scarlet Knights men's basketball team. Later on, we will discuss some big problems facing the Big Ten as a basketball conference and what needs to be addressed, particularly guard play, as the conference gets just one team into the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Uh, we're also filling out these cool brackets, courtesy of Jack Masaya, about the most hated team in sports. We found it on Twitter from the Sports Polar on Twitter. And we're going to have that for paradise. you. paradise. Yes.
2: A hater's paradise. We're Brett's going- got his. I got mine. Eddie's got his gideon da will chime in it's gonna be fun
1: yes we will be going through that at the beginning of hour two we also may touch on the wrsu daily targum basketball game a little bit about march madness maybe some nfl because the jets made a couple of moves today brought in mecole hardman and uh traded away elijah moore and we have brett hahn here a jets fan so we'll talk about that in a bit but we will start with the world baseball classic so last night uh ever the at bat that everybody's talking about and now i know the only at bat that jack Visea saw yeah. was the end of the game shohei otani against
2: mike trout i'm gonna I'm let you guys cook on this one but i just want to say real quick um when mike trout walked up to the plate i had watched like you know like like you said just like one at bat i was like it's over it's completely over. I, I don't know why. I was just like, I, I know Mike Trout doesn't play a lot of uh, playoff baseball games. In fact, he's played like, like one, like one, his entire career. And uh, yeah, I just didn't see, didn't, didn't see him uh, coming through right there. New Jersey guy. Respect Mike Trout. I just didn't see it there, um, and I was right.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about it now. I was on crew last night and I did say I would save my opinions on the World Baseball Classic till my regular day on Wednesday because I have a lot, especially after what happened last week to Edwin Diaz. So let me start with the positives because I think you should always start with the positives. Number one is the World Baseball Classic is getting young people interested in baseball. If you just look at the social media engagement, the views that these videos on Twitter and Instagram, these clips are getting. It's way more than you see from any Major League Baseball game, including the World Series. So people are paying attention, especially young people, and that's the base that baseball really needs, because they have a older segment of the population as their primary base right now, and uh, you need to supplement that with some younger people, and I know attention spans and everything, and disagreements about the pitch clock and other rule changes, but People were watching the World Baseball Classic, which, by the way, was conducted without the pitch clock. So kudos on that, number one. The other positive is the way that game ended we just talked about. Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, uh, Mark DeRosa called it storybook, and I agree with that. Two of the best players in baseball right now. I'd say two of the three, along with Aaron Judge, undisputed in baseball. Shohei Otani, I mean, what can you say at this point? I know Babe Ruth pitched and also hit but he didn't do both at the same time for the most part. He did make a couple pitching appearances while he was a hitter, but for the most part he was a pitcher, then he became a hitter. Shohei Otani does both at the same time. Did both in the same game, in a championship game, to win it. Had a couple of reach base multiple times, and then shuts the door for a save coming in in the ninth inning, which he's not used to because he's a starting pitcher, and gets to face off with Mike Trout, his teammate. Cool for both of those guys because with the Angels, the Angels have not been able to go on any playoff runs Mike Trout's been in the league and been one of the best players in baseball for over a decade he's played one playoff series and got swept so it means a lot it means a lot for both of them to get their kind of due diligence to get to play in a big spotlight like this and then of course you know players like it because they get to play for their countries but but Here are my problems with the World Baseball Classic. And again, I'm not just reacting as an angry Mets fan who's upset that Edwin Diaz somehow tore his patellar tent and celebrating a win to move on to the quarterfinals. That's a typical Mets injury. I know. And there's been so many. And this is just a laundry list. But... I just want to clarify, and you can go back on the WRC crew on Spotify, I complained about the World Baseball Classic before it started on the show. So, that was like three weeks ago. That was before this happened. Here are my problems with the World Baseball Classic. Number one, it should not be happening right now, and that's the overall thing. I'll admit when I'm wrong, the viewership has been crazy for this event. People are watching it that don't typically watch baseball, and it should happen, so, I, I, will, I will give people that, but it should not be happening right before Major League Baseball season starts because it interrupts spring training. Also, you were playing without the rule changes. So, for these pitchers, now they're going to have to adjust back to dealing with the pitch clock. They only have a week to do that now before Major League Baseball I, starts.
2: I actually completely agree on that. I When I heard, now you guys know I'm not a huge baseball fan, but I do know when the baseball season starts. And when I heard that this tournament was going on at this point, like, March 22nd like what are we like a week and a half away from the season starting like mm-hmm. we are like I was I was surprised because that's like you know that's like having the I mean the World Cup this year was all you know convoluted but that's like having the World Cup like when it was just to, just this uh, this year and that's like not supposed to happen but it's like I I found it I found it really weird that they had it at this point of the se- point of the season like I would have expected it maybe you know you can't compete with like something like the World Cup in December but like January you know what I mean
1: Yeah, and then kind of adding to that, because baseball wants to make this their version of the World Cup. It's still never going to be on exactly that level, because of other points I'll get to in a couple minutes. But when the World Cup happens, Qatar was an exception because of the weather. For the most part, the World Cup happens in the summer. And that is because the predominant soccer leagues, which are all in Europe, play their seasons from August to May. May to August is their dead period. You can fit the World Cup in then. If injuries are going to happen in the World Baseball Classic, which will because players are playing so hard, and not just Edwin Diaz, I mean Jose Altuve got hurt, the Astros season is kind of screwed up to start the year because they're without their best player for a couple of months, you know, it makes more logical sense for it to happen. In the fall where it's not this disruption because people are underrating how big this disruption actually is you're trying to build chemistry if you're a baseball team in the month of March during spring training especially if there's a lot of new pieces trying to figure things out and if you're not there and your players are away for a couple of weeks then they just come back to camp and they got six days to get ready. Also, like I mentioned, the rules changes. They didn't deal with them in the WBC. Now they have to deal with them when they come back. There's going to be a lot of changes. And again, for pitchers, I still think there's going to be repercussions. There are going to be pitchers that got used poorly in the World Baseball Classic now. And the repercussions are going to come in the next few weeks when they pick up injuries early in the Major League season.
2: Eddie, I have a question. So... Is it did something similar to like, you know, NBA players opting out of the Olympics happen here? Like did Aaron Judge opt out of this world baseball classic? Did other American stars opt out? Because I'm kinda curious because I don't remember seeing like some of these guys.
1: Yeah, so this is for hitters, it wasn't really Aaron Judge was one of the only ones. But the thing that goes beyond this with baseball, and this is what's the difference between baseball and basketball, is that Baseball owners are still very, very powerful, and I think the Yankees ownership kind of got in the heads of the Yankees players to stay away from this, especially after Nestor Cortez got hurt in camp. Because no Aaron Judge, no Stanton. The only Yankees that were part of this were Higashioka and Glaber Torres. So, and then of course pitchers, I think, kind of self-explanatory. A lot of these pitchers opted out because they didn't want to get hurt. They didn't want to miss out on the major league baseball season, which, by the way, is when they are going to make their money. Like so, Max
2: Scherzer and those guys, did they did they come in?
1: Yeah, to play? yeah. Scherzer was not part of this. Cole Verlander, Degrom, mm-hmm. Corbin Burns. Those are all elite pitchers that. Could have helped the U.S. win this thing, but they chose not to, yeah. and I don't think you can blame them. Do you think that would have been different if they played this at a more opportune time? I th- I th- I think it would be different in the fall. I think in the fall there'd be a higher likelihood that players would play and that teams would be willing to send players over to do it. So that's I think, yeah.
2: I think you're right. I think you're right on that. But the problem with the fall, as you probably know, is the NFL like it's 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 a behemoth so i think you're kind of forced to have it in this like january to march window you know
1: yeah it's it's tough but again i mean the world cup did compete with the nfl and the mlb tries to make this as their world cup so you know that that's number one so that's my my first problem but I will concede the fact that it should at least happen because the viewership was insane for this thing and people were watching it and people were enjoying it and the players enjoyed playing in it. So let it happen, but it can't be interrupting the Major League Baseball season because all of these players that are participating in this are investments and assets for their Major League Baseball teams. And I'm not saying that Steve Cohen is in a bad financial situation now, because he obviously is not. He is a billionaire. But to commit five years to Edwin Diaz and have him injured in this event is a problem. And I... Don't want to hear these excuses, oh, he could have hurt himself, he could have torn his patellar tendon in spring training. He wouldn't have a dog pile of people jumping on him celebrating if he got a save in a spring training game against the Marlins on March 12th. But no, he was pitching a high leverage playoff game, which again can lead to injuries because we see how fragile baseball players are. And they, especially pitchers, they need that period to ramp up. They are not used to throwing in these high leverage games, a playoff game, a regular season game, ask any pitcher, the approach, the mechanics completely different on the mound and getting thrown into that thrust into that without really having your ramp up period could have after effects on some of these pitchers arms. And then Edwin Diaz in this situation leads to this injury. And that that's what's really frustrating as a Met fan, but I'm going to try to not let my Met. You know allegiance bias my thoughts here. So I'm going to leave it at that with that point. But there's other aspects of the World Baseball Classic that I have a problem with. Another one is when you look at some of these rosters, and I mentioned this earlier, and Brett, I was looking at the Japan lineup. Why is Lars Nootbaar playing for Japan? The, it, it, I just... You should have to play for the country you were born in. I I just, in soccer, that's how that works. And that's the problem that the World Baseball Classic has because baseball is not a global game like soccer is. They want it to be like that, but it just isn't. Maybe someday we get to that point, but soccer has major leagues. All over the world. Baseball has America, a good league in Japan, and a couple decent ones in Latin America, and that's it. You've got these other teams. England was a complete joke to me. There are no British people <laughs> grabbing fish and chips and going to a baseball field to play catch in Manchester, England. Yet Trace <laughs> Not yet. Clay Thompson's brother, you'll know this, Jack. Trace Thompson. Clay Thompson's brother is suddenly a proud Englishman and was playing center field for Great Britain. <laughs> Marcus Stroman, who played for America the last now, time this happened, was now pitching for Puerto Rico. It's
2: Eddie. Who was that guy in Japan you were talking about?
1: Lars Newtbar. Can you is,
2: can you educate me on who that is?
1: He is a outfielder for the Cardinals. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good outfielder. One of the decent pieces on that team. Not the best, but I'd say maybe the fourth, fifth best player on that team. But uh, I believe his mother Lars is of Neutbar. Japanese descent. When I researched this, but he. I, I don't know. I'm just not the biggest fan of that because it shows how this tournament is trying to balance it intentionally. And it takes away the whole point of this, which you is see, to see which countries have the best baseball programs. But when you have people that aren't even from the countries playing for the teams, it's not really symbolic of that.
2: You see that a bit in basketball with like the national teams, not on maybe the scale of baseball, but one, one that I could... Uh, remember is Carl Anthony Towns, who's obviously from St. Joe's Touching, Eddie, yes. um, but he played for Dominican Republic, so...
1: Yeah, but it's... To me, it's even worse for baseball because the way the World Baseball Classic is promoted and they try to make it like the World Cup, and the whole idea here is which country has the best baseball, and I mean America... And this is the whole thing. America has the major leagues, and... Players that are great in other countries come to America to play here. Japan, I mean, that's Shohei Otani, is not playing professionally in Japan right now. Other players on that team are not. We have seen people, you know, who have tried to greatly improve their financial situations. Players in Cuba who have escaped the country to come play in America. Like, it, it's, it's difficult. And it's kind of a box that Major League Baseball has put themselves in and the WBC they try to make it sort of as this way to balance things and show that these other countries have great baseball programs but if you're starting out nothing compares to the American Little League system and it's it's just it's tough but I just don't really like it because then you kind of get I'm not saying anybody's been an illegitimate champion before but when you have players on your roster that aren't from your country to me it takes away the whole purpose of this event and it's also kind of I'd say inexcusable for America at this point I know we talked about how there are some pitchers that sat out of this but America has the best baseball league and most of the best players and the fact that they're only one for five in winning this event they've only reached the championship twice when again talking about the pro-American bias in this uh the Rob Manfred is out there handing out gold medals to everybody. Uh, Major League Baseball promotes this event like crazy and the championship game is in America. All the games are played in either America or Japan every year.
2: So like our country also happens to call a baseball our pastime america's pastime yep
1: that is what that is exactly what i mentioned in the chat last night so (laughs) much for calling it your pastime when you can win this one time in five years and i know people are saying well england invented soccer and they can't win the world cup this is very different it's mlb and then everything else at least for soccer the english premier league you got la liga bundesliga there's a lot of different high level leagues in europe don't
2: be hating on the mls
1: well, the, okay, fine. the MLS
2: compared to everything else, though. It's just
1: a yeah. But the point is, there's, there's several leagues that are on par with England's. America, Major League Baseball, is worlds higher than the other leagues. Japan, I'd say, is on the up and up. It definitely is. We see the talent there. But again, when those players are superstars, where do they go for the big money they come to play in America? So it's just this situation where baseball is a sport that I feel like doesn't lend itself to an international competition and to legitimately sort of analyze which country is the best of the sport because it's still predominantly American and then they try to find these ways to try to competitively balance the field by having players that aren't even from the countries play for other teams and it's just it leaves a bad taste in my mouth and it doesn't really become a great competition so that's my main problems with the World Baseball Classic. And my last thing is this. I feel like the, we should use this more as a tool to find players that are unsung and underrated And then can find a spot and maybe make it to the major leagues. There's a great story. There was this guy, Duque Ebert. I forgot which Latin American team he was playing for. But he struck out, like, three major league hitters in a row. By the end of the day, he got signed to a minor league deal by the Detroit Tigers. Like, those are the kind of stories I love to see from the WBC. But the field of play is just so unbalanced between these teams when you've got all the way up to America that's filled with major leaguers and then the Czech Republic team whose entire infield was high school teachers. Like, it's just, it doesn't lend itself the same way soccer does because soccer, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but anybody can tell you soccer is the closest thing to a global sport and across different continents there are great leagues and the world cup is unpredictable in baseball you go into this thing and you have a general idea of who can compete and legitimately contend for a wbc title there's only about five or six federations that can and we saw the two top ones pretty predictably it come down to us and japan and shohei otani had his legacy moment against mike trout so again not taking anything away from japan but I have problems with the WBC right now. I think you have to, you should have to play for the country that you were born in, and it should happen in the fall. So that's my point. And don't be jumping around on top of each other when you just advance to the quarterfinals. That's insane. No, no other sport, when you win one round of a playoff series, do you start jumping on each other like crazy. And that's why you lose Edwin Diaz. And Gideon Fox has arrived as well, just getting here now, in the midst of our riveting World Baseball Classic conversation.
2: Just leave DA on the side of the road. Who going back?
3: Da,
1: who's that?
2: Don't know. Oh
3: yeah, no. Who? What?
1: <laughs> no, 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 He's on his
3: way up. Um, called the, called the game, headed out. Um, I saw him in the parking lot, so he's on his way up. Okay, good. Um, but you know, World Pell Classic. I think, um, the coolest thing was the way that it ended. Like, how storybook was that? No yeah. matter what happened, like, oh, even if Trout homered, like when okay, whatever the game would have kept going, but then it would have would have looked back on it and been like, wow, Trout hit against Otani to hit a home run, but the way that it ended. It's still cool. I mean that that storybook.
1: Yeah, and my last point, and then I'll turn it to you guys is, and me. And, I think Tyler Levy and I brought this up on crew yesterday. Why is Mark DeRosa the manager of Team USA? He has never managed anywhere. Like, for the team that's supposed to be the best team back in the day, they'd get Jim Leland. There are plenty of capable managers who are not with major league teams right now that you could bring in. Joe Girardi is one. Joe Madden is another. I know they're not the best major league managers, but they know how to handle a pitching staff, and they know how to win. Joe Madden's won a World Series. Joe Girardi's won a World Series. Like, bring in someone who knows how to win as a manager. And that's my other fear for these teams that sent pitchers over. Merrill Kelly, Kyle Freeland getting used in kind of these crazy roles. If this is going to impact their major league teams that have paid millions of dollars to invest in these players uh, if Mark DeRosa was mismanaging them. And that's why I don't think we're done with the injuries. I think we're going to start to see them kind of come up now as these guys return to camp. and They'll be like, oh, my elbow feels weird. My shoulder feels weird. And then we'll have the post WBC effects of pitchers being injured because they were mismanaged in this situation. Which wouldn't be a problem if they played in the fall, because then they'd have time to rest up during the holidays before spring training.
0: I just want to say, like, I'm I, I'm taking in all the points that you're saying, and I'm half and half. Because half of me, you know, it half of it's the fan perspective, right, of, and, and even team perspective for that matter. You know, you mentioned players as an investments and assets that are team and organizations, I completely agree. And you want to preserve those assets and you want them to be good for the long term. I mean, that's the whole goal of the MLB season, to hoist that trophy at the end of the season. You need your players healthy to do that, which is why the Edwin Diaz injury for the Mets was so gruesome and so painful at the same time. I'm also a diehard Mets fan, so it's a little bit of Mets bias speaking. But the other half of it is the marketing perspective. Now, you, you can make the argument, sure, based on injuries, based on performance, that you can have this thing in the fall after the season is over while you know, while not risking injury during the season. But at the same time, to get more international viewership maybe tuned in and centered towards future MLB content, this is a good alternative to just turning on a game from Port St. Lucie and watching the best players at work. I agree with you, Eddie, there that players switching teams for, and, and not even playing for their respective country for for a – Uh, tournament wanting to kind of design itself based on the World Cup I think that's a farce and it's something that shouldn't be happening but you know from a marketing perspective I think this over spring training will increase viewership throughout the season and honestly I I think it's smart strategic placement
1: well yeah I here's my thing I'm not going to try to argue that spring training is going to get more people to watch baseball than WBC spring training is boring but With the fragility of baseball players, it's kind of needed, so uh, I, I wish there was a better way to do it, and I wish it was shorter than it was, but something has to be, I think, done about that, but like, yeah, just adding on to your point again, you know what? If Italy doesn't have a baseball system, they shouldn't be able to just find random Italian players in the major leagues that are of Italian descent to play for them to try to compete in this. Because this should really be like the World Cup is an assessment of which countries have the best baseball talent. And if Italy can't field a team then, then I'm sorry. Like, you know, I my grandmother is from Poland and I like pierogies. That does not mean I should be playing for Team Poland if I was a major league baseball player.
0: I mean, you could be their best player though. You could go out there and I show could. out, and then, I, then you can make an MLB squad. You'll, you'll be the story of the year. It's a marketing marketing a uh, dream for the MLB. And you know, I I do agree with you, Eddie. I'm just thinking kind of in terms of international viewership. This is a good way of reeling in more viewers into a spring sport that maybe they're not used to. Maybe that's different. Now, you know, they're going to end up following players that aren't from their country of origin. Well, and but that's, their stations are going to be broadcast in the games.
1: But that's my problem. Like, how much is – I don't know how much that's really going to mean. Like, let's just say – let's just talk about Japan, for example. Forget Shohei Otani for a second. Is Lars Nootbaar playing well for them in the World Baseball Classic going to make a person in Japan decide to watch St. Louis Cardinals games? I, I just – I don't know if that's really going to have that much of an impact.
0: I mean, maybe not for Lars. But you know, for, obviously for Shohei Otani, uh, you you Darvish was there too, and you Darvish is you know is a Japanese legend in his own right. Um, you know the 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 new guy for the Red Sox name slipping in my mind. I think it's Yoshida. So they they have plenty of talent, you know. And I guess I guess for those teams that don't have like you know a really good homegrown player, it's inspiration maybe. You know, watching the World Baseball Classic, watching guys compete, whether you know they're american and playing for your team or they're actually from your country representing it on the world stage you know this might inspire a kid from that country to be like hey you know maybe with hard work i could do this i i could be the first one to start a team an organization a league you know it you have to build the foundation of international viewership and international attraction from the ground up and the world baseball classic while it's flawed has the potential to do so it's just a matter of when you're when you're playing the games like you said and is it going to get in the way of the MLB or not? And those are things that still has to be figured out five tournaments later.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's... It's only been five tournaments. People are acting like on social media, oh, you can't move it. It's like, it's sacred. It happens every four years. It's been happening since 2006. Like, Derek Jeter was in the middle of his career when the first WBC happened. That was not that long ago. It's not like this is the World Cup and there's history and this has been going for 90 years. You can adapt this thing and I think you can make it work and you can make it work in a way that it grows the game. But the way it is right now does not help. And For Major League Baseball, who is funding most of this event, it's really counterintuitive for them when they could have big market players of their own like Edwin Diaz and Jose Altuve now have to miss games for their season that they want people to watch. It's hard enough that WBC, you're going to get viewers. The regular season, they struggle to get viewers. And if teams are missing their big players, it's going to hurt viewership as well. So an injury that someone suffers in the fall is not... Necessarily going to carry you over as far into the season. Like if Edwin Diaz, if this happened in November, he would have missed time, but it's an eight month recovery, so he could be back for the second half of the season for the Mets. If Jose Altuve got hit on the hand and broke his hand, he'd rest up eight weeks, be ready to go for spring training. And uh, oh, Dylan Allen has also arrived, so we have our full Wednesday crew. Squad. Hello, lads. Hello, Dylan. Uh, Before we get to locks, I might as well get your thoughts here. We've been discussing the World Baseball Classic for the last half hour, and I've aired my grievances. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the event? And we've been talking about uh, the possibility of would it work better if it was done in the fall. Uh, I'm just curious your feelings about the event.
4: Well, I mean, at first I was agreeing with you, Eddie. Beginning of the year, before the event took place, about it, I had my I had my worries um, in terms of injuries. The thing for me is players that are not hurt going into the event have the option to play or not. So, I listen, I didn't catch your whole tirade of it. I'm sure Edwin Diaz was the main focus. But, you know, a player like Edwin Diaz has the option to play or not play. And representing their country, I mean, you see how important it is to a lot of the players that participated. And to them... They find it more meaningful than playing in the MLB. They want to represent their country. They want to win for their country, right? And so, Edwin Diaz wanted to play for Puerto Rico. They got a huge win against the DR. And to us, you know, we might not understand the the implications a win like that has. I think it was the first time they ever beat them. And they're, like, neighboring countries. So, for them, it's like, you know, it's, it's a big win. So, you know, I understand why players wanted to participate and why they were celebrating like they were. So... For me, I don't blame the event. I I just you know I just say you know players knew the risk of playing in this. They didn't have to play, they find it to be very important. So they wanted to play. It's unfortunate that it has to be a met because it, it just continues to add to the list of reasons why this uh, this team might be cursed. But you know the players knew the risks going in. Like you look at Arenado, Altuve. They got pegged. Altuve's is out eight to ten weeks. Altuve got hit in the hand, or Arenado got hit in the hand the other day. So the players take the risk, but they want to represent their country and go win. So my opinion on the event, I think it was a slam dunk. They get 90-something million viewers in Japan. I mean, you want to talk about growing the sport, you got 100 million close to, you got a bunch of millions of views. I think it was the most viewed baseball game ever. And that's excluding like a Game 7 of the World Series. So if your job was to gain viewership and to gain kind of an international entity, job well done. And, you know, the U.S. lost. I still enjoyed the championship game, but, you know, in in regards to players getting hurt, I think I just, you know, it sucks it didn't happen during the season, but I think it's a little, I don't know, at this point, I think it's more on the player than it is the event, because they didn't have to play, and they wanted to. They felt it was a big deal, and they played, and sometimes it happens. You know, that's that's kind of my view on it. There's no real hatred. Now, the timing of the event, sure, that can be argued, but I think the event is fine. I caught the end, Eddie, that it the WBC is not this historic thing where it's been going on for a while, and that I understand, but, um, you know, it was kind of created because baseball was never in the Olympics, and they were like, all right, well, we need to grow this game on an international level. They did that, and the Olympics added it. So, you know, I don't know if, they, if that'll switch over to the Olympics because it seems like the MLB makes a good chunk of change off this tournament, and it gains some pretty good viewership overseas. So I don't know if that's going to be the thing, but I guess we could discuss the time in which it's participated in but for me again i think it's just for you know if we're if we're upset that edwin diaz or you know altuve whoever it is got hurt during this event i think it's i think you have to hold the players accountable they had the option to play and i'm sure the gm had they had an option to sit someone out they would in a heartbeat do it but i think the rule was unless the player was hurt going into the event the owners had no option to kind of hold their players back i mean you look at the yankees there's a reason why Severino didn't play. There's a reason why um, Nestor Cortez didn't play. And they were taken off their teams because they were hurt going into the event so the owners could step in and take action. But Edwin Diaz, a guy who was healthy going into the event, it was up to him. And he knew the the risks going into it. So that's kind of where I'm at.
1: Yeah, I, I can see your points. And I'm I like I said at the beginning, I've been convinced by this event this year and by the ratings that... The WBC should definitely happen, but it, there's there need to be adjustments here and for it to be, you know, the MLB plays such a big role in this event. I mean, even just comparing to the World Cup like saying the pro-American bias in it like all the uniforms have the names of the countries in English. It's it's a made for America event, so make sure it's a way that it's not going to impact what's your biggest financial entity which is the MLB season and I think by playing the games in the fall it could work out a little better but uh that's enough about the WBC we'll end it with this congrats to Japan though great performance they ran the table won every game and Otani showing up and performing as well as he did on the biggest stage and striking out his teammate Mike Trout if only maybe in Major League Baseball him and Trout could actually have a good 23 players and ownership around them to make the playoffs on a consistent basis. But uh, maybe that'll happen this year. We'll have to see about that. But uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back with Locks of the Week. Again, a lot more on the way. We'll be talking about our most hated teams in sports brackets, talking some Rutgers men's basketball with Jalen Miller entering the portal, and some big problems for Big Ten men's hoops. Uh, so stay tuned for all of that. Here, Eddie Collegi, Gideon Fox, Brett, Hawn, Jack, Bessay, and Dylan Allen on the WRSU Wednesday crew on 88.7 FM and WRSU.org. This one is. Box of the week here on a Wednesday, WRSU crew. With Gideon Fox, Jack Lashea, Dylan Allen, Brett Hahn here as well. I'm Eddie Kalecki. So yesterday I was on Tuesday crew, and now I understand the frustration of betters when the line does not hit. Because I had a parlay that I was very close to hitting on for the Nets-Cavs game yesterday. I and it was both plus money things. I had over 15 and a half points. Cam Johnson, uh, he, he scored 16, and that happened with a minute left in the game. And then the Nets were four-point underdogs. I said they were going to cover it. It was a six-point game with eight seconds left. Nets had the ball. I mean, Mikael Bridges and uh, Royce O'Neal both had wide-open three-point attempts, and they both missed them. If they made either one of those, the Nets would have covered if but they didn't. So uh, my parlay uh, was moot with that. But NBA, it's a pretty full slate of games tonight, and I'm going to stay away from the uh, team lines and the game lines and I'm going to go towards player props and I was looking at a few different games but I'm going to start with look at the Knicks taking on Miami and Julius Randle two nights ago dropped 57 points in a loss and was visibly frustrated that he was at 50 points in the third quarter and did not end up succeeding. Um, I think he's going to be motivated And he's definitely 26-and-a-half given his recent stats. I'd say it's a little low for him. So, plus money, over 26-and-a-half points tonight for the Knicks against Miami. But given my uh, unfortunate uh, loss yesterday, I'm not going to try to parlay it with the results of the game. But I'll just say straight up, Julius Randle scoring at least 27 tonight. So, uh, Jack, over to you. What do you got for us?
2: Um, I'm looking here at the Sweet 16 be a pretty interesting weekend. I can't wait to watch some of the games. Uh, most of the games, actually. All the games, actually. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun weekend. And I'm looking particularly at this one game, uh, Kansas State versus Michigan State. At, people who know what I'm talking about know what I'm talking about while I'm clapping my hands. Uh, Kansas State's intro for uh, their games. It's really cool. Check it out if you don't know. But they are... They are actually dogs in this game to Michigan State, plus one-and-a-half. Michigan State is favored in this game. I love me some Tom Izzo. I think they represent the Big Ten very well, but Kansas State is my team so far this tournament. Uh, Kansas State has been my team of the tournament ever since about 645 on Selection Sunday. So uh, I I think they're a really good team, and I
0: think they beat Michigan State here. I think they cover. I think they win the game. Uh, Coach
1: Hahn, how about you?
0: So – I'm gonna I'm gonna also go the NBA route. I was I was at the Sixers Bulls double overtime game the other day, and it was the lowest scoring game I've ever seen in my life. I thought I was gonna fall asleep like multiple times. The amount these teams were shooting bricks. James Harden had two whole properties by the end of the game. He shot two of fourteen, but <laughs> I think you know they they're going to play Chicago again tonight, but this time at Chicago. And I, I think the Sixers coming off a tough double overtime victory in which Joel Embiid fouled out in the first overtime. They only lost by, I believe, five or six points. They're going to want a revenge game, and Joel Embiid's going to come out with fire yet again in what has been an MVP-worthy campaign for him. So, player performance doubles here. Joel Embiid, a double-double in Philadelphia to win
3: is plus 140. So, I'm going to lock that in. Giddy, how about you? Um, I'm going to stick with the NHL. A pretty small sleet tonight – uh, Penguins taking on the Avalanche and the Coyotes taking on the Oilers. Um, right now the Oilers-Avalanche, uh, the Oilers-Coyotes game, uh, the over/under set at six point five, which is traditional. Uh, but the line is minus one forty. So instead, I'm going to go to the total team goals for Edmonton, and at over four and a half, minus one ten. Edmonton is a team that has the best starting lineup in the NHL. Beyond that, it's a little Shaky, but they're also playing one of the worst teams in the entire league tonight. Um, I expect the Avalanche to put up a good five or six goals. Then, you know, Of course, in hockey, that includes empty netters. Uh, so, over four and a half goals for the Edmonton Oilers.
1: And lastly, D.A., over to you. All right,
4: Jack. Well, I do like that Kansas State pick. Um, that's actually that's actually very surprising. You, right? see, you see, I I was surprised, too, to see that the better seed was um, underdogs. Now, I haven't looked into it a whole bunch, but there are some times where... Teams are put as underdogs to kind of trap betters into being like kind of the same thing you and I are both thinking, going, how the heck are they underdogs? Let me hammer this right now. And then somehow the team that's favored, that shouldn't be favored, wins the game out, right? It happened earlier in the year in a a different sport, but it was college football. It was when Tennessee was ranked one in the country coming off the win against Alabama on the road against Georgia. They were eight-point underdogs. Everyone and their mother goes, how are they underdogs by more than a touchdown? So I believe it was around seventy percent of the public voted or not voted. Bet on the on Tennessee to cover the eight. And what do you know, George won by two touchdowns. So I, I haven't looked into the percentages, but I do like Kansas State. I don't think it's a trap. Look, Tennessee football didn't have Marcus Noel. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Just say so um Or Keontae Johnson. Yeah, or Keontae Johnson. So exactly. But point and is, they don't listen to Lil Baby before they go out, so <laughs> Um, So I don't think it's a trap. I like that pick. I'm going to stick with NCAA basketball. Um, I'm going to go over to the Arkansas-UConn game. There's not really much for me to tell you. Arkansas comes up off a big game against Kansas, um, and I think that was a good win for them. But I'm going to stick with my guys. I'm going to stick with my dogs, if you will. Um, I have UConn in my, my formal written bracket. I have UConn winning the entire tournament over Alabama. I'm going to stick by my decision because so far I've been pretty right with UConn. They've won both their rounds pretty pretty easily. Um, so I'm going to stick with my guys, UConn. I think they advanced to the, the Elite Eight. Um, I remember one of their players, he's a freshman center right now, Donovan Klingen He's a uh, 7'2 freshman. Rutgers was in his top five, but he ultimately decided to go to UConn. I think he's from Connecticut, but anyway. Um, they're a good team. They've, they've beaten... Some pretty good teams by a lot of points the first two rounds. Give you an idea. Um, Iona by 24, and then they beat St. Mary's by 15. So, And St. Mary's was a team competing with Gonzaga all year. So I, I like UConn. I think a lot of people might look at this game and go, well, Arkansas just beat Kansas, so how are they four-point underdogs? Let me bet Arkansas. That might be how I view this. So I'm going to go with just UConn to win the game straight up. It's minus 185. It's not the best odds there, but
1: I'm just going to stick with my guys. Alright, so a lot of locks ranging a lot of different ways. Uh, we got a busy rest of the show. Hour two, we're going to get to our most hated team in sports brackets. We're going to talk some Big Ten basketball. Also get to the Jets moves as well, but we'll take a quick break, come back with Can We Just Talk to wrap up hour number one for the final ten minutes. So, Gideon Fox, Brett Hawn, Jack Pasea, Dylan Allen, I'm Eddie Koleggie. You're listening to the WRSU Crew on a Wednesday here on 88.7 FM and streaming live at wrsu.org.
0: Can we just talk?
3: Can we, Can we talk just talk? And what usually is a chill segment is going to start off with some breaky news. This is news that broke when we were on crew. Um, as of ten minutes ago, the Rutgers Recreation System. Has finally emailed me back about when we could have the daily Targum WRSU game.
2: Oh boy.
3: I can't tell you how different my life was when I originally requested this gym. March Madness hadn't started yet. Rutgers hadn't even had a losing streak to end the basketball season. I think Milwaukee Diaz had had a patellar tendon. Exactly. Look, (laughs) this was so long ago. So this this email comes in from the Rutgers Recreation Department. Very exciting. Right now, as things stand, Either the last weekend, the last Wednesday of April, or the first Wednesday of May. That's April 26th or May something or other. WRSU Sports, and with some other of our friends from around the station, will play against the Daily Targum at the College Ave Gym. W. Let's go. Let's, Let's go.
2: So great Whitty day. And and we'll talk about this later in the meeting, but it is, it's time to start thinking about it, man. After spring break... We all of us. I mean, I can tell by all of our faces here in the studio. All of us had a great time last year with this game. Uh, It's gonna be we we revived a series, man. Like this is a series that like has gone back since like what the '70s and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
3: There's old. There's an old YouTube clip of people that are now with somewhere in the Rutgers media or like John Newman guys like that. Um, where it's them playing yes. in, the, in the basketball game. There was it's, also
1: it's we were talking about this yesterday. Uh Alec uncovered something on Twitter last week from the Danny Breslauer era that the teams would actually have nicknames in the RSU target. I think game. that should I think that's coming back. I, 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 I yeah. DA yeah. Assistant Sports Director
3: sure that. that, that's coming year. back, right? Last
2: year it was like you nicknames? know
3: Nicknames? <laughs> <laughs> but it can't be anything that makes sense. Like it can't be like the Scarlets versus the Knights. Like, no, no, no. No, no, like, no, no. You, yeah, like
2: It's got to be re- Targa Marauders versus, like, the WRSU. should be only Alex Carminati names.
1: The Whoa. Kojaks against the Columbos. got wow. a minute. This it's got to be, only, wow. gotta be oh like, God. in the Long
2: Island accent, though.
1: I think we should open up like, Tog, the Caitlin versus
3: Versus the Mock Messiers. I think we should open up the Jokers. We should can open we, up the amend Jokers versus the Class X. Can we amend <laughs> can we change the Daily Targum's name to the Daily Targum? That's like, up to the, you. You're, you're you're the Targum representative here. I think we should I open up the, 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 the weekly WRSU we'll sports play. meeting and, and have the public vote on yes. this.
1: We were also discussing at the Daily Targum meeting yesterday, if Josh Myers wanted to be the mascot for the game, if he could dress up as a Targum.
0: No, Josh is playing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he said he'd do that too. He would play, sing the anthem, and uh Dress up as the mascot what, what is he gonna be a 2k josh legend is in a, arc, a triple he's threat go, he's, he's gonna go out there as like hold a team on, hold, mascot hold, no, drop 50 talk,
2: let's not talk about the mascot he's singing the anthem <laughs> he said i'll <laughs> sing the anthem he said i got pipes like bieber <laughs> <laughs> that's the exact Brent, quote not, the mascots, mascot's mascot is like a crazy thing josh myers is gonna sing the national anthem
0: i cannot you, wait. you never know i cannot he, wait he, he i have a feeling he's gonna bring us the tears just you wait
1: we also need to have a halftime show. Now, my suggestion: Red Panda, Red Panda, Red Panda, Red Panda, Please. or we I can told get, we can get I, some
2: live stu- live DJs from the uh, music department. We could, or Ooh. I told
1: Alex he could sing uh, Frank Sinatra maybe for us for ten minutes, a little song. Oh, right? that, okay, That's, That's than best, Red best Panda. of Sinatra.
2: <laughs> now, look, we might be we might be turning this into an event, to an event. So we it might fully have to is this, we might everybody's make, invited.
3: If you're listening, you're invited. Yeah, we have to make this Definitely. like Please.
2: longer than like maybe. What did we do last year? We had 10... 10 or four 10 minute quarters running clock.
1: Yeah.
3: I'd be down to stop the clock. Look, got, we can do we stop stop clock. Clock. it. We We're not playing more than four 10 minute quarters. No. If the guys that we talk about every night on Crew are playing. <laughs> you know, forty minutes of basketball, the, and and the the women's basketball team that we talked about is playing four 10 minute quarters. We're not doing longer than four yeah. 10 minute quarters. Or we
2: can do twelve minute running, so it's forty eight minutes technically.
3: Or twelve minute running, twelve minute 12 running, minute is running so we can say,
2: oh, I played the full full forty eight minutes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah that's
3: not a bad. I, I'm down for either twelve I minute running or four minutes minute. tonight. Like, you know what I mean? Well, like, you I think what, say the most important thing that would factor into that is if we get someone to operate the game clock.
1: That is, po- that which is, was we didn't have Trump. a
3: game clock last time. We just had someone's. I think it was something like, like iPad. No, set we up no, we had like we clock. had like
2: those um those like paper scores, like you know for the
3: for the scores for the score. I think yeah. someone had their laptop.
0: Yeah, set, we uh, had like the, had the, the laptop like 10 minute set up timer. With, like the well, stopwatch. Thing. Thing. Yeah, it was just yeah. a ten minute timer. I've also did it with their cell phone, like one of same. I mean, same different.
3: Like it's still. You know, if the guys will have people broadcasting, then we don't want them to be focused on stopping. Oh, I we cannot, cannot wait. This is going to be
2: – putting this thing together is going to
0: be the most fun.
1: Geo that Baker really... runs the clock for us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, I that would wait. be Geo, if you're listening, wait. come back for year two. You were here last year. You That's might as well come for this year. Well. Uh, yeah,
3: him and Luke were just kind of off to the side. That they was yeah. so funny. Well, no, you they're, they're they're
1: so need Celebrity Row at a basketball game. Oh, you're right. At
3: any big profile, like, basketball game, come on. Yeah.
2: I can't wait. It's going to be. I think we should do that May that May date because that's what we did last year. It might be during, you said first Wednesday of May.
3: The first Wednesday of May or the last Wednesday of April? It would be during Wednesday crew because to the public, we have our sports meetings then. So I know everybody's available yeah. May around 3rd. that time. Right. I think that's reading, that's
2: reading days. Is it? it, it okay. Okay. May first is the last day of class. That's why I think I
3: requested those two because it's like the last Wednesday of classes last Wednesday or the of reading, reading day. I yeah. reading day
2: would work. Mm-hmm. I mean, my person. that's well, we'll also we'll we'll a good like meeting. a good we'll stress, stress releaser. Yeah,
3: like study all day and then run around in the college app gym. Study, yeah.
4: like study or or gym Arena. Who studies? Yeah, who studies? Yeah, hey, there you go. Yeah, who studies? <laughs> so who's putting the student in
3: student <laughs> media? Come on.
4: We can all complain that we studied for five hours, probably more like forty minutes.
2: We need to get we need to get um the NJ.com guys there too. Fun. Brian Fonseca. Brian Fonseca Well, no, I don't
3: game. want them to know about that Because Brian Fonseca is trained by Geo Baker And is a Daily Targum alum Ooh. So I don't think he should find out about this Because I think that could be your secret weapon it's Geo not, Baker not, trained he Fonseca play. He can't play I mean, I think he'll a will
2: report lo- on the game He'll report on the game That's fine, that's fine We'll, yeah. we'll set up a press box Yeah, yeah. We That's a, what
3: he's saying
0: now And then he'll walk
2: like, out with Giddy, a uniform this is Yeah, it's like, like Fonseca Why are you wearing basketball shoes any, In the press any, box? Anything we want to do <laughs> We can set it up, basically Yeah, that's true It's going to be it's gonna be fun
1: I'm just excited for my last dance With Team Targum Hmm Whoa. Well that uh, Breaking News I was drafted by Jack Paseya last year. I am I am loyal to Jack coach. I also as want to hear Arnoff's
2: uh, declaration commitment. Uh, I know, that's coming that. on
1: Friday. Alakat has announced. yesterday. It's on Friday? Why are we waiting so long? I want to hear it tonight. Um uh, well maybe we'll do it at the meeting.
0: Yeah, maybe we will do it at the No, meeting. no, the
1: public needs to hear this. That is true.
0: That's true. That that is we is have true. to wait till Friday at probably like four thirty. It's true. Yeah, it's that's talking fun. about it.
1: Imagine giddy defects to play for the Targum.
3: Look, <laughs> that's how I started.
1: That that's <laughs> I was poached
3: by former sports director Chris Sakonis, who opened up the Targum to WRSU pipeline. So, if things went differently, I'd be suiting up for the other team.
1: Yeah. That is wild. But
3: I first have to thank my family and and the academy for bringing uh, it up. I was
2: also poached by Chris Sakonis. What a guy. guy. Bottle teammate. In that daily Targum to WRSU pipeline when it began. But uh, unlike Giddy, I did a little more at the daily Targum. Giddy went WRSU, I went daily Targum. So, that's
3: why our allegiances are as they are in this game. And I didn't play last year. This is I redshirted last year, so I'm, I'm ready to go. You did the opening Red tip. So last year. Play, so you can play next true. year. <laughs> I literally did the opening tip and then I left. <laughs> so you can play next year then too if you redshirted. Well, exactly, and I got the COVID year too, so I'll be but, here for a little fair bit. Enough. I mean, this is gonna be awesome. I think like, look, if any WRSU or Daily Target alum are listening, please DM either of the accounts on Twitter so that we could set up guest passes if you want to come. But <laughs> any Guess students passes. involved, just walk right in.
2: Yes. Yes. Show Students, up, we need a student segment. we need a riot up, squad. Be show. loud. riot squad. Yes,
1: me and Alec were oh, talking about yeah. that because there's four people that are going to be playing that are technically members riot of the riot squad. You, squad. So, Alec, uh, Tyler. Tyler and Josh Myers. And Josh Myers. Plus oh. they all know Carm. So that's five. Ice cold. Ice cold. <laughs> Ice cold, baby. Oh, this is going to be awesome.
3: I'm so happy we have a date. I didn't I wasn't letting myself get excited until we had a date, which is pretty nerve wracking because because I'm the one that applied for it. So like I I'm, I'm 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 like so relieved. This is going to be nuts. This is going to be I think
2: we could start up like a tradition too if we have it like first week of May cuz last year was first week of May. It could as just well. become a thing like yeah, reading days we play. Like I remember it was a Friday night last year so it well, was, that's the May, thing is it was the, May 6th last year.
3: But the, the day's always going to change based on people's availability. Oh, yeah. I'm just like like if, first week I think of May it's though. good to do it during the week. I think it works out nice if we can do it then at the reading day, get to relax a little bit, blow off some steam and everybody's around on Wednesday. Nights. Exactly. Mhm.
1: But it is going to be fun.
4: Wow, this guy Jack really, really must be upset of the loss last year. He remembered the day of the week the game was on too. That it was, was a not Friday just night, the date. and then yeah. I looked up the
1: first,
2: the first weekend, be, the first Friday, and he's night.
4: had it on his wall. He's been looking at it. It's every his, his phone it's background. His was a score two twenty eight?
2: I've been mad about last. year, but the date doesn't correlate to that. So we'll be. Oh, and we're playing twos and threes this year. We're yes. Not, we'll oh, to, not yeah. a question, not yeah, a question.
3: You scored
1: twenty three in ones and twos last year. Oh my goodness,
3: it's gonna be great. We. You have to figure out referees.
1: Yes, we have to. Honestly, last – so,
2: yes, I agree. But last year, I was, like, really concerned about how it would work out because we called our own fouls last year. It actually worked out pretty well. It did. So there, it was better than I the wouldn't recommend refs. it. It's like yeah. it's not. It's, it's like a don't try this at home, kids sort of thing. But like it, it worked out pretty well last year. But I'd recommend refs.
1: Brian Fonseca's ref. Oh,
3: Brian ha- oh. oh. Brian Fonseca, Steve Politi, Pat Lanny. Steve Politi would be crew chief. <laughs>
0: Eddie Get a it, it, ran episode it, in. If we have refs, Eddie, you can't play like Lambeer out there. That All is right? true. I'll pick like, up. I'll be like you'll pick up six fouls. I know. Hour, three minutes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like- <laughs> Antoine Wolf, <laughs> is Eddie Kalegi <laughs> for the Daily Targo. And listeners out
2: there, we're talking about all this. We're going to talk about it at the meeting, and a couple of these guys are going to go to the college app gym and then pick up a ball and start playing after the
3: meeting. So. Yes,
1: <laughs> and miss some shots. So, but uh, And then somehow drain a, a ton
3: of shots, too, for, for a couple people here.
1: That is true. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it'll be fun, so we can look forward to that. You can also look forward to our next segment. We are done with Hour 1, but when we come back, uh, Jack Pasea found this cool bracket, the 2023 most hated team in sports, and uh, we all filled it out. So we're going to talk about it and then later talk about Jalen Miller transferring away from Rutgers men's basketball. And uh, what's going on with Big Ten basketball? Micah Shrewsbury, by the way, heading over to Notre Dame. We'll talk about that. And the Jets making some big moves as well in rapid fire. So stay tuned for Hour 2 here in the WRSU crew on 88.7 FM and WRSU.org.